Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Finding Purpose with Melanie, the podcast where we spend time getting to know ourselves and the world around us. This is episode number nine. And I am so excited about it being episode number nine because that means that the next episode is going to be episode number 10. So I wanted to just talk really briefly about why did I start this podcast, what does it mean to me, and where do I project it going forward. So I want to start off by saying I had always wanted to start a podcast and it was on my vision board. And if you know anything about me, I really love to reach goals that I have. I absolutely want to create a product. I want to be able to travel the world and spread a message, create books, write books, public speak. My intention is to help people find purpose and meaning in their life because I believe that we are only given a short period of time on this earth and if we waste our lives in negativity, it's, it sucks. And there is opportunity and there is, in my belief system, there is the ability to live a really amazing life. I do not believe in limitations at all. The number one limitation that I have found working with myself, working with clients, working with patients is that we are standing in our own way. Our own limiting belief system is standing in our own way. And when we learn, one, to dissect our limiting belief system, we begin to create space, pull it apart like a ball of yarn. We begin to have more control over shifting letting go or strengthening different beliefs that we need to move forward. I believe that that is a right for every single human being. I also believe that it's important for each individual to define the life that they want to live, not in comparison of what people tell us how we should live. I have beautiful people in my life who find purpose and meaning in family, And that's their intention. I want to raise my children. I want to support my family. It's not this obtainable goal to like be wealthy, fucking rich, and do all these other things. They know what they want. Whereas for me and some of my family members, it really is about education, you know, having impact, but also reaching a place of financial wealth, um, building, creating, crafting, traveling. Those are things that I want out of my life. So I think that it's exceptionally important for us to define what it is that we want, at least to have a rough draft, because we never want to be too rigid because life is always changing and we're always changing. And that's why In some of my episodes, when it comes to relationship, you have to grow in your relationship together. You're either going to grow together or you're going to grow apart because who you met at the beginning is not going to be who you're going to be with long term. So if you are saying, you know, I miss the way things were, you used to be this other way, well, then that means that you're stuck in the past and that there hasn't been growth moving forward together. 
the only constant thing about the human experience is change. So the reason why I have this podcast is one, I really want people to recognize you are not alone in your daily struggles, in your mind, in life that happens. Depression, anxiety, trauma, anything that has to do with the mind, with obstacles, it isolates us. Why? Because in isolation, it has the ability to take us over. That is why it is so important for us to submerse ourselves in community, in community. So my goal for this podcast is to keep it real with you all about life experiences that I've had, life experiences that you've had, so that we can say, wow, I can really relate to that. Nothing is more healing, in my opinion, than someone saying, I have been through that too. It's just so validating to know that you're not alone. So that is some of my goals and my intentions for this podcast. In addition, I wanted to say that I think it's really important for us to speak our truth and to do things that feel good and to leave ourselves into the world. So that's what we're doing here on Finding Purpose with Melanie. I'm hopeful that each week that you tune in, that you're able to get something that lands with you that you can take throughout the week. The first step to change, my friends, the very first step to anything is self-awareness. It, it is awareness. Why do I do what I do? And we do this by we, we think through things so that we're not on autopilot anymore. The brain wants to be most efficient. It doesn't want to have to work hard. That's why we will have thought patterns. We will have behavioral patterns. Patterns keep us safe. And if there's one thing that we know, humans do not like to feel threatened or unsafe, any species, because that puts us right away in fight, flight, or freeze. So what happens is that the brain takes in its experiences, things that hurt us, things that have kept us safe, and it creates patterns for us to live. If you follow this path, these are the outcomes that we know will happen. The challenge is, is that sometimes those patterns, sometimes now more changing to often, is that they no longer serve you. Your perception of fear or what safety is, is not allowing you to step into your greatness and you want to become more than you are. So let's go there and let's bring that self-awareness. So first we start with awareness. I do not ever want us to move into action too fast because when we move into the action phase of, of change... We, in, if we're not ready yet, we don't have enough awareness, we move into action, we may become discouraged when we fall or when we're not able to be consistent. So let's spend an, a, a great amount of time in awareness figuring out why we are the way that we are. Because when we know why we are the way that we are, we have more power, more control over, t- over changing. It's like saying, you get invited to a situation or you have the opportunity and you know it's not in alignment with who you are anymore. If you say yes and you still go, can you have the awareness when you're in that situation to be like, 
I know why I should not be here. I know why this no longer serves me. So it's bringing that awareness. So long story short, welcome to episode nine. I'm super excited that you joined me. I wanted to start off by sharing that it is really fundamentally important for all of us to understand that our childhood, how we were raised, dictates how we navigate the world. That's why in therapy, some modalities of therapy, the therapy that I do, we have got to go there because we have to know when did these patterns start? How did we learn and from whose perspective did we learn how to navigate the world? When we were younger, we didn't have as much lived experience, which meant that our subconscious mind was gathering information at high frequencies. And that's why you always see children with these big eyes looking around. They're trying to make sense of the world. Well, eventually they've figured out a mental picture and that could be from what our parents tell us. That could be how we have peered and seen how our parents dealt with different things, how our environment, our school life, it creates kind of this imaginary blueprint in our subconscious mind. Now, as a reminder, our subconscious mind is like that app on your cell phone that's running in the background, but that you're not even aware of it, but it's running in the background and it dictates every single thing that you do. Again, the brain wants to be efficient. It doesn't want to have to use a lot of energy. So if we have this mental map of how to how to navigate the world, we don't have to spend so much time thinking about everything, right? So our subconscious mind is has created this image. Now, here's the thing. Now we are adults. And life could look completely different. We may have had really amazing childhoods, we may have had really traumatic childhoods, or we may have had things absolutely in the middle. What I want you to know, whether good, bad, or somewhere in between, is that's dictating how you're navigating the world. We have taken on beliefs from other people that may not be serving us. We may have taken on personality characteristics from people who we admire that may no longer be serving us. So how we were raised dictates how we navigate the world. Humans either feel safe or they feel unsafe. We are always looking for danger, even if our danger monitor is off. We are always looking to see, is this person safe? Is this person not safe? And then we make evaluations. The challenge with living in this safe or unsafe, although it's important, the challenge is when you've experienced trauma, and trauma can look so different, okay? I really want us to, to define that word for ourselves. When we've experienced trauma, we, our danger monitor is going to have this hypervigilant. So hypervigilant means like increased, super aware, super sensitive perception of danger and of the world. So things that technically aren't unsafe may feel like really dangerous to us. 
We may have trouble with trusting others. We may feel that people's intentions are not right. And that all has to do with that danger monitor. The challenges with not feeling safe is that we're always on alert. And when we're always on alert, this really stresses the body. It Essentially what happens is it turns off our prefrontal cortex. And our prefrontal cortex, if you just kind of put your hand on your head, that is going to be the largest part of the brain and it's developed last in utero. Our prefrontal cortex is our CEO. It is our executive. It is excellent at making decisions. It's excellent at saying, oop, that startled me, but I'm safe. It's our ability to go into our flow state. It is essentially our best self. It's, a, it's essentially our conscious mind. What happens, however, is when we get triggered, when we get dysregulated, dysregulated means that we feel out of control of our emotions. We flip the lid, as Dan Siegel says. If you put your hand in a ball, I want you to think about your fingers kind of overarching onto the palm of your hand. That's your prefrontal cortex. When we flip our lid, so open up the hand, we start to navigate from our reptilian mind, from our limbic system, and we don't have our CEO to make decisions. So that's why we're very impulsive. That's why we're not able to make the right decisions. And we really are searching desperately to, to regain a sense of control. So the goal is, there's a few different goals. A, the goal is to learn coping skills that will help regulate you before we flip our lid. So that is every single day. Remember, prevention is key, as my dad would always say. I don't want you to do your mindful. I want you, I don't want you, sorry, there's like a couple different things. I don't want you, when shit has hit the fan, now you're going to start your deep breathing. Now you're going to think about, am I hydrated today? I want you to put in daily efforts to take care of yourself because then you're going to be a little bit more in control about how to keep your prefrontal cortex off when you are triggered. We have to practice these skills on a daily basis. It's like preparing for war, right? We don't just jump right into it. We have to train. We have to learn. We have to navigate. So the goal is to learn how to re-regulate yourself when you are beginning to feel dysregulated and or when you've already flipped your fucking lid. Now, what that might look like Deep breathing is one of the very best, in my opinion, skills to know how to use. The reason being is when we're triggered, when we go into fight, flight, or freeze, when we're nervous, when we're not sure if someone is safe or not, we start to have more rapid breathing and we start to breathe from our chest. Sometimes we may even be finding, like when we get really uncomfortable or we're nervous or we feel judged or, oh shit, did I do that right? We actually start holding our breaths in increments. It's super strange and you wouldn't even become aware of it until you become aware of it. So the, the number one thing you want to do is you want to start to breathe again. What breathing does when we learn to be able to take those big breaths in, those long exhales out, is we start to 
essentially let our brain know and let our body know we are okay. We are okay. And when we start to regulate our nervous system, what happens if we have flipped our lid is that our prefrontal cortex is going to turn back on. Ah, that really scared me. That triggered me, but I'm okay. So that is a super powerful coping skill. I also want to mention that I cannot tell you enough how important it is to get your thoughts out on a piece of paper. If you struggle with anxiety, and we all have anxiety, anxiety can be so helpful. It really is. It allows us to think about potential threats. It allows us to you know, produce hormones um, and neurotransmitters necessary for us to do a good job. And it can totally spiral us into overthinking things. If you are an overthinker, I am absolutely an overthinker, and you get lost in your thoughts, what I want you to do is I want you to get your thoughts out on a piece of paper. Let's just see what's going on. I love to do that through journaling, through your notes app, whatever that might be, sending text messages to yourself. I want you to get those thoughts out so that you can see them on paper. When we're looping in our mind, we're ungrounded. We're unrooted, as Sierra says. Get your thoughts out on the piece of paper. Then a strategy that I've actually been using lately, and I tried it on um, some of the people that I work with, is when we mapped out all of our challenges, all of our fears, I said to them, and I say to myself, are any, do any of these have an immediate fix? And if the answer is yes, if we can do something immediately to solve this, let's create a plan. Let's execute on that plan. How can I support you on that plan? Let's do it. If some of your worries do not have an immediate solution, okay, now we're worrying and that's the anxiety. So let's breathe through that. Let's work on radically accepting what we do have control over and what we don't have control over. It's so interesting because anxiety in specific is the intolerance of uncertainty. I'm going to say that again. Anxiety is the intolerance of uncertainty. So we limit our ability. We limit our ability to say, wow, I think that would be a really great opportunity for me. Let me try it. We limit it because if we do not have uncertainty, if we do not have certainty, we just cannot tolerate it. So what we try to do as therapists as human beings, working with whoever, we try to have you understand that uncertainty is okay and how can we create and support us building a better tolerance to uncertainty, to unknown threat. And that's where vulnerability comes into play. That's where mindfulness comes into play. That's where self-belief comes into play. So we have a lot of different skills that we can use to help us tolerate uncertainty because I don't want us to become limited. I don't want us to be in a glass box and to only be able to grow so high. I want us literally to shatter that glass ceiling for a lot of different reasons. 
And in my opinion, one of the most important things for us to do to be able to break out of these habits, these patterns, and these routines is A, to figure out where they came from, whose belief is this, is, and is this still right for me? Why do I do what I do? And if you tell me I don't know why I do what I do, then let's think about who did what you did growing up and let's figure out does that serve you or does that not serve you? So let's bring again that awareness piece and then let's figure out how we can navigate uncertainty while building you up through your strengths. How can we build you up to shatter that glass ceiling using your strengths? So, I love you all so much. I hope that you absolutely got something from this episode. And if you need anything, I'm always available. I sometimes take a little bit of time to reply to messages. I certainly apologize I am so available and I love you all. I think you're super amazing and you're doing the damn thing. So what I'd like you to do is just celebrate yourself, even for listening to this and to just begin to wonder, get those thoughts out on that piece of paper. Think about what can be a routine or a ritual that I can begin doing that can start promoting prevention so that I do not flip my lid or that I know what to do when I become dysregulated. When we find out the patterns of the self, that's when we're able to break them. When we figure out what triggers us, what makes us feel safe, why we do what we do, then we're able to bring change. But if we never know, then how can we know what to do? Peace and love, my friends.